Terrence Day in Montgomery, he has planted seeds. And that just hit me. So y'all are seed of the kingdom is the word of God. Seed of the kingdom is the word of God. Seed of the kingdom is the word of God. First Seed of the kingdom is the word of God. Seed of the kingdom is the word of God. Seed of the kingdom is the word of God. First letter. Okay, well, quickly, what's our theme from the uh, year? What? I can do all things to Christ and strength and faith. All right, quickly, a short question. We'll go close out tonight to the Lord, okay? What's true success in life? Living in life, What's true failure in life? y'all know tonight uh, these young people have worked really hard to share with you things that they have learned about God and sing songs and do those kind of things I'm so glad you're here to support them uh, in just a moment I'm going to say the prayer when I say that prayer it's the Lord's Supper I couldn't see what you were waving back there hey I learned this past weekend the benefits of reading glasses just so y'all know a big stage for me uh yes so and if you have it, it, we'll let go ahead and dismiss for lord's supper right now so if you um need to partake lord's supper if you'll go right through those double doors and then um off to the left the little chapel somebody will be there to take care of you uh you can do that right now or in just a moment uh when i say the prayer just I, i'm going to say the prayer and after that prayer we're going to split up okay so we're going to uh the ladies the young uh, our, our young women are going to go to the annex and any ladies who want to go with them to hear their presentations, of course, you're more than welcome to go to the annex. Michaela Rogers will be down there to uh, greet you and to lead that. And uh, hope hope a lot of ladies will go down there and support. Now, there will be some song. Um, they will be leading some songs. So if a few of you will just take song books, most of you will probably know most of the songs. But just in case, take song books with you. Uh, that may help. And then uh, here, the young men will stay. And, of course, everybody else who doesn't want to, uh, you can stay here and, of course, support the young men and listen to what they have to say tonight. I want to say one more thing. You're not going to see everybody. 
and I want to say, when I say every, every student doing something, we encourage our young people to do what we call one of the big five. Now, I don't, that means everything's not important. Everything's important. But we say we try to get people to do speech, Bible reading, song leading, debate, or Bible bow. Okay? That's what we kind of call uh, the, the big ones. We really want everybody to participate in at least one of those. So a lot of our students do debate. And a lot of people do Bible bow, and you may not see them up here giving a speech or song leading, but for those who are doing song leading, Bible reading, or speech, that's what we're going to focus on tonight. But Wednesday night, Wednesday night's a big night because we're going to be doing debate. Now, we'll have our normal auditorium class, but in Jonathan's class in the annex, the guys will be doing their debate down in the annex on Wednesday night, and then in the little chapel, the ladies will be, in, will be doing their debate in the little chapel, in the, in the female's class, the woman's class, on Wednesday night. So that's a big night, by the way. Just want to let you all know that. And then, um, lastly, we normally have, for those of you going to LADS, we have our meeting tonight after everything is over. Instead of doing it in here, tonight we're going to do it in the annex. So after everything's over, if uh, you're going to LADS Leaders this week, of course we have our meeting to prep you for all of that. And so that'll be down in the annex immediately following everything uh, that's going on. So if you're a lady, don't come back up here. Stay down there because we'll be down there to greet you uh, or be there with you uh, shortly, okay, after we're done. And then lastly, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for loving God and thank you for loving these young people. Bow your heads, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we do want to give you all the praise and glory and honor tonight. We want to thank you so much for how you work through the lives of us to show others your will. And Father, we're just, we just hope and pray that everything we do is according to your will and for your glory. And tonight is no different, Father. We, we thank you for the opportunity that you have granted us to, for these young people to do these presentations and other things to to glorify you and to show your love and to show your work in their lives. And, Father, we just pray that you'll be with each one of them as they've worked so hard for tonight to present, you know, whatever it might be, their song or their, their speech or read your, your word. And we just pray that you be with them and you help them and give them the courage, uh, Father, to, 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 perform, to perform at their best. Father, we, we love you, we praise you, and, again, we thank you all the young people here, all their parents, all the adults, everybody who helps them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies, you can go to the annex. Young men, we're going to stay in here. You can. You can as long as you behave. All right, if you're a young man, if you'll go ahead and make your way over here, if you're doing a presentation tonight, if you'll make your way over here to Drew, we'll get lined up. You can. You can go over there and sit. Just behave. She's going to watch you and go over there. Hey, Gibson, Turner, Tristan, I
All right, so I got some young men going to be passing out a list of who will be presenting tonight. Uh, just one per family, one per role. I only printed out 100 of them, but I, I, I think we probably have a little bit more than that in here. And then there's some mistakes. Look, I'm not perfect. There's obviously some mistakes. There's some people in the last minute have, have wanted to do their speeches, and that's awesome. So we're going to add them, and I'll, I'll make sure you know who they are uh, when, they, when it's time for them to, uh, to present. Okay, so some young men will be passing these out for you. Give you a good idea of who, who's standing in front of you, all right? Today we'll be singing Jesus Loves the Little Children, page 1015. Jesus Loves the Little Children, page 1015. Jesus Loves the Little Children, all the children of the world. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. I will be singing, This World is Not My Home, 9, 15, 7. This World is Not My Home. 1957. This world is not my home. I'm just a
verse 3 and 4. Whenever I am afraid, I'll trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I'll not fear what can flesh do to me. Good evening. I will be singing, I will call upon the Lord, 63. I will call upon the Lord, 63. I will call upon the Today, I'll be singing, Why Keep Jesus Waiting, 9.27. Why Keep Jesus Waiting, 9.27. Why keep Jesus waiting, waiting in the
My dad and I watched a movie recently, and I'm going to say a phrase from that movie, and I want you to finish it. Okay? Are you ready? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. You're right. It's Ghostbusters. Let's talk about other phrases like, he slammed me, and let's not forget about, I ain't afraid of no ghost. The original Ghostbusters movie came out in 1984, when my dad was a kid. We have a Halloween light show every year, and the Ghostbusters song is one of my favorite parts of the show. You may think this is a crazy way to begin a lesson, but our convention thing. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your cares on him, because he cares for you. Now let me just say it again. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. This phrase was a part of the lyrics of the Ghostbusters theme song. I like to sing the song, but just so you know, there's only one real ghost, and that's the Holy Ghost. Now that we have that straight, I want, to, I want you to know that I ain't afraid of no devil. And the reason I'm not afraid is because God tells us how to handle the devil and his evil forces. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will run the other way. I am not afraid because I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 I hope I have shown you that you can be strong and courageous. Because God is my strength. I will not fear. Now let me just ask one more time. Let's give the best answer. Who are you going to call? Let's call on God. Today I'll be singing, This World Is Not My Home, 957. This world is not my home, 957. This world is not my home, I'll be so fast and good. My church is already lost.
All right, so we do have a change point here, just so y'all know. So Houston is ready to give his speech, and of course, we want to let him do that. So he's not necessarily on your thing, but he, he, you can write him in if you want to know who he is. Okay, Houston Farr. In Joshua 1-9, God commanded Joshua not to be afraid and have courage. That means that God commands me not to be afraid and to have courage. In 2 Timothy 1-7, Paul says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and the love of the sound mind. I'm in the fourth grade, and I'm learning how to serve God. What ways do I need to have courage? I need to have courage to shine the light and the faith in my life. In Matthew 5.16, Jesus says, Let your light so shine before men that may see your God works and glorify your Father in heaven. This means that I must live for Jesus in front of my friends and family. Sometimes this is really hard to do. If I'm not at school or if I'm at school and someone's doing something I know that God says is wrong, such as cussing, cheating on a test, and bullying another person looking at something ugly on their phone. I must not be part of that. But is, it, but is this enough? Is it really shining my light the way God wants me to? I don't think so. If I have courage the way God wants me to, I will do some more than just back away from sinful behavior. I will stand up and say, hey, this is wrong. God does it like this. Please stop. This is exactly what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5.11. Listen to this verse. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It takes godly courage to speak up against the sinful things my friend may be doing. But I'm not living for God. This is, ex this is exactly what I will do. What about you? I'm the oldest of four of my family, so I'm usually the strongest. That's until I pick a fight with my dad. Then I know I'm not the strongest, yet. He tells me any time I get knocked down to get back up. I know that no matter how many times I get knocked down, I must always get back up. I must get back up and keep going to get stronger. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble it. Him, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. I realize from this verse that it takes both strength and courage to face challenges. I learned it's not my own strength or courage I rely on. I must rely on God who will be with me. Let's look at a lesson from Daniel. We learn about some friends who relied on God and showed great strength and courage. Daniel chapter 3 sets the stage for us. King Nebuchadnezzar made a huge golden image that was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. The king commanded everyone to worship the golden image when they heard instruments and music. The consequence to, for anyone not following the command was to be thrown into a blazing furnace. So the options are, one, worship a false idol and live, or two, die in a furnace. Which would you choose? In verse 12, we learn about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men oversaw areas of Babylon, so we'd expect them to follow the king's command. Wrong. They refused to obey the king's order to worship the golden image. These men were originally from Israel and stayed true to God. They could have chosen to live comfortably and continue their high positions, but no. 
They decide to stand up for God and were willing to risk their lives. Listen to their conviction in verses 17 and 18, knowing the fiery furnace was in their future. This is how they reply to the king. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Wow, they didn't care what the king was going to do to them. They were going to follow God and trust him to the end. They were certain, confident, strong, and courageous. This made the king so mad. He made the furnace so hot that his men died throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. God gave them strength and courage when death was certain. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire, there appeared to be a fourth person who looked like the son of the gods, according to verse 25. God really did go before these men. They walked out of the furnace unharmed. God protected them that not even their clothes smelled of fire. I've been around campfires and know the smell of smoke stays on me long after the fire. How did they not even smell like fire? This amazed Nebuchadnezzar, and he knew God was real. He blessed the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now Babylon had God to focus on and not a false idol. The strength and courage of three friends turned a nation to God. Things we can learn from this lesson. One, when we stand up for God, God will stand up for us. And two, we can face the unknown when we have like-minded friends surrounding us. I may not have to face certain death like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I know, one, if I trust in God and follow Him, He will prepare a way. Two, He will provide strength and courage when I need it. And three, if I surround myself with strong believers, it increases my own belief, strength, and courage. I won't always be stronger than my siblings, but for now, I am. One day, I'll be stronger than my dad. I want to be strong and courageous as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want to have friends who will stand up with me and fight for God. Have you surrounded yourself with strong believers? Will you trust God to prepare a way for you? Will you rely on him for your strength and courage no matter the consequences? Be strong and courageous. Good evening. My name is Thomas Long, and I'll be singing I Am Resolved 948. I Am Resolved. I'll be singing the first and second verse.
Good evening. Good evening. My name. Good evening. Today, tonight, I'll be singing "Blue Skies and Rainbows" eight fifty-one. Blue Skies and Rainbows eight fifty-one. Blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from Listen to the words of Joshua 1-7. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to the law of which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. God told Joshua that if he would be strong and have courage, he would be able to do all the things that God commanded him to do. In other words, he would be able to live the kind, and, the kind of life that serves and pleases God. Okay, we need to stop here and make sure that we understand exactly what we're talking about. What does it mean to be strong? What does it mean to have courage? If I am strong, then I have the ability to keep going and keep doing what I, what I need to be doing without getting weak and giving up. If I have courage, I don't get scared that I give up and run away from what I'm supposed to be doing or whatever is in my path. What does it really mean to be strong and to have courage? in situations where it really matters. It is easy to be strong and to have courage when things are going well or when surrounded by people who encourage us and protect us. I want to ask you a serious question. If your life was bad, I mean really bad, and you were surrounded by dangerous, scary things, would you have the strength and courage to keep going, to not give up and continue to serve God instead of running away in fear? To help us answer that question, let's think about a man from whom we can learn a lot from <clears throat> about being strong and having courage. His name is Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, we learn that Daniel had been carried into captivity as a slave. But God had blessed him because he stayed faithful to God. Verse 3 says that there was an excellent spirit in Daniel. King Darius saw this excellent spirit and made Daniel an official in his kingdom. This made many of the other government officials jealous because Daniel was an outsider to them and served the God of heaven instead of their false gods. So they tricked King Darius into making a law that no one could pray to any other god or man except but the king himself for 30 days. 
This made the king happy, and he signed the new, he signed the law. Do you know what Daniel did? He prayed to, the, to God just like he did every day. What kind of faith, courage, and strength do you think it took for Daniel to pray just like he did every day when he knew others were watching and were going to report him to the king? He knew that, the, uh, that he was breaking the new law and would be in serious trouble. According to verses 15 through 17, Daniel was sealed up in a lion's den with several lions who had not, probably not been fed in several days. They were ferocious and very hungry. An adult lion has razor-sharp teeth and are designed to work like shears to slice and rip meat into pieces. A lion's jaw is able to bite with a force of 650 to 1,000 pounds per square inch. Poor Daniel didn't stand a chance, or did he? When the, when the king came back to check on Daniel the next morning, he found Daniel still alive. Listen to Daniel's words to the king in verse 22 through 23. My God sent his angel to sh and shut the lion's mouth so that they would not have to hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. Listen very carefully to the truth about Daniel. He spent the night surrounded by lions who wanted to eat him. But because he was a faithful servant of God, God sent an angel to stop the mouths of the lions. The angel didn't tame the lions. He only stopped them from eating Daniel. Would any of you have the courage to sit in a room with all these lions and listen to them growl at you? Would you have the courage to watch them pace around you and stare at you because they wanted to rip you to pieces? But God isn't allowing them to. Is your faith that strong? Now let's get serious. In Peter in 1 Peter 5, 8, Satan is compared to a roaring lion who walks around constantly looking to something or something to eat. This means that Satan wants to eat me, to destroy me spiritually. For you and me, this means that whenever I am tempted to sin, whenever I see, hear, or I am around simple things that tempt me, then I should imagine a hungry lion who is pacing around me and staring at me because he wants to kill and eat me. Here's the good news. 1 Peter 5.8 and James 4.7 tells us that if, he, if we resist the devil through living a faithful life in, for Christ, then he can't touch us. Just like Daniel, if I am strong and courageous in my faithful life in Jesus, God will stop the lion's mouth and not allow him to eat me or Satan to destroy me spiritually. Every time we face Satan, let us be strong and have courage and serve God. Has anyone in this room ever heard of Horn Island? No hands up. It is a barrier reef, not a barrier island, off the coast of the Mississippi. It is eight miles in Letha Beach, seashells as big as your face, an amazing place to go to. One of the best places in Mississippi, in my opinion. Now, me and my family had decided we're going to go to this island and just have fun, spend the whole day there. We even packed our lunch. We're going to eat PBJs there. So it's going to be a fun day. Well, everything I just described to you all turns bad very fast. So first, we're coming up on the island, and it's about 55 degrees outside to give you kind of where it is. So we're coming up, and our boat's like here, the island's here, and our boat hits, and we're about to drop the anchor. So if anyone ever knows boats, you drop the anchor, you get off, you're on the island. 
Easy as that. Well, our anchor did not set at all. Our anchor doesn't set. We then go right dab into the beach. We are now stuck miles from any land, and like, there's no houses here. There's nothing here. No one comes here. It's you can only get there by private boat. So we're in a pretty big pickle. You you would probably say. So we are now here, and my dad gets really mad. He's like, he gets off the boat. And this is a 5,000-pound boat that he's trying to push off. But, you know, he thinks he's really strong. He can push it off, but he doesn't. And he, get, he tries to push it off, but he just can't. Well, my brother's also on the boat. And waves are hitting the boat, like, very fast because, like, we're off balance and it's a pretty wavy day. So as the boat is getting hit, my brother's getting soaked by waves. And my mom asks, she's like, hey, Dad, can I help you push it off? And that really means, hey, Dad, can I make you way more madder than you already are? So he's now, he's like, you know what? I'm the only one wet. That's not true. My brother was wet getting soaked. So we're now stuck. And my dad tells, you know what? Me and mom get off. And my, my dad's like, you know what? I guess I'll just call a tow. Are you serious? He never told us that we had a tow. I never knew that we had a tow. And he's just going to tell us, oh, we got a tow now. And the crazy part about the story is, we're all sitting here, and I'm like, I thought I was about to be here, like in the movie Castaway when they were there for four years. That's how I felt. That's everything I was going through my mind. And now, we're just going to randomly get off the island from a tow. So he says, Tristan, get off. And then, so he now gets us all off the island. He gets us off. And we're, we're kind of like sitting there. You know how I said the waves were coming over, right? Well, now our peanut brother and Jay's sandwiches that we had to a really relaxing picnic is now wet and soggy. So now those peanut butter jelly sandwiches that were supposed to be so good on the beach is not good at all. So we're now sitting on the island, and we don't really don't know what to do. We've called the tow. He said we'll be there in a few hours. It took us 30 minutes to get out there, and they're in a different spot. And my dad my mom was like, you know what? Let's go for a tour of the island. It's honestly surprising she said this. She's afraid of everything on land. She's afraid of snakes, gators, Sharks, anything that is on this island. So we walk around and we get to we have to go through a little path and we then get to the beach and it is as long as you can see. Just beach. And the seashells were as big as your face. And I got a pretty big face. I mean these were big seashells. So we're now on this beach and we're walking around and my dad says, You know what? I'm gonna go sit there, the toe's about to get here, we're about to leave. And my, me and my mom kind of walk around, and you know, there's kind of like a sense of relief, you know, we're about to get off the island, we're about to go home, that's what really everybody wanted to do, and now we're about to go, and the, Conrad, who was the guy that came and picked us up, came and got us, and if you must know, we did get sponsored on their website of people that got stuck, so it's not a bad trip, per se, but now what does this story have to do with the Bible? is what we really need to get down to, is I got to see firsthand that sometimes life is scary and you can feel helpless. But thanks to this experience, I learned we are not alone. First Joshua 1 through 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, and do, and do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord is, your God will be with you forever you go. When we, were on that, when we were on that island, I didn't think God was with us, but He was. He can even command the seas and the winds to be calm, just like the snap of the finger. And so even if you're all alone, be strong and courageous because God is with you. Second, do something. 
Some people think God would just fix all your problems, and that isn't what the Bible teaches. My dad had to call the toad to get us off the island. Mom had to overcome her fears to keep us calm. In Chronicles 28.20, we read, David also said to Solomon's son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. God was a Solomon, but Solomon still had to do the work. Remember, regardless of what you're dealing with, God is with you. So you can be strong and courageous. Get to work for God, and you will have no reason to be afraid. Are you stuck on an island right now? If you are, call God for a toe. Good evening. I'll be singing I Fly Away, 851. 851. I'll be singing first and last verse. not in y'all's book, so I had to get my own. I believe it's going to be on the PowerPoint. It is Faithful Love. Faithful Love.
Good evening. In our time together, we will discuss the definition of courage and two people that demonstrated it. Mer the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines it as the mental or moral strength to venture, preserve, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. That's a lot in one sentence, but it's very true. Think of Joshua. He assisted Moses with to succeed him per ex. It is twenty four thirteen and Exodus thirty three eleven and Numbers eleven twenty eight. He spied out the land of Canaan, which to me that had to be a very tough task. Cause think they 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 were very sinful people. And but despite the negativity that was coming from the tent over here, like, oh, we can't do this. It, we're not strong enough. If they're so big, they're, we're like grasshoppers to them. But Joshua and Caleb were sitting over here saying, we can do this. God, we can do this with God's help. That's how we need to be in our everyday lives. Joshua's courage was also derived from God. Joshua 1, 6 through 7, 9, and 18. If you can turn with me now out to Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That that's a lot because some people these days are just like God's not with me. You see, people do that when things are tough. That's not true. God is with you wherever you go. Now let's look at Ruth. Ruth had the courage to go live somewhere she's never even seen. She's probably heard of the country of Israel because at this time Israel were Mo Moab's enemies so it had to be a lot for her to go there but let's look at Ruth one fourteen through 18 and they lifted up their voices and wept again and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law but Ruth clung to her and she said see your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her her gods, return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die also, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. That, that's a lot. Because, first of all, Ruth didn't have to go. She wanted to go. That's how we need to be. That, but we, here's the thing. When people always see that God's with them, it makes them happy. Like, they, it's like opening a birthday present on your birthday. You're so super happy. And her, she accepted 
a transformed life like we do when we're buried under that water. And saw something better, Hebrews 11.6, parallel, parallel to Ruth, like Abraham saw something better, Abraham saw a city built by God. These individuals, along with many others in scriptures, demonstrated strength and courage. Like the penmen of Hebrews says, time would fail us to discuss them all. Rome, he, Hebrews 11.32 So as we go out through the day, we need to show strength and courage. Not only physical courage and physical strength, also spiritual. Thank you. We'll be singing 608. He gave me a song. 608. He took my burdens all away. your hand if you've ever heard of Horn Island. Let's see, there are no hands up. I'm not surprised you haven't heard of Horn Island. There are a few words that come to mind when asked to describe Horn Island. Peaceful, beautiful, secluded, and deserted all work. Horn Island is a barrier island off the coast of Mississippi. There is not a single house on the island. Picture it in your mind. Soft sand beaches surround the island. The island is about three quarters of a mile wide and eight miles long. A narrow path through the marsh and pine trees leads you to one of the most secluded beaches on earth. There are seashells the size of my face laying around everywhere. The only way to get to the island is by private boat. You can beat your island and then the island you can beat your boat and then the island is yours. Horn Island was the landscape scene that Walter Anderson became famous for painting. Some of his works in the Smithsonian today, if that tells you how awesome Horn Island is. Raise your hand. Who all wants to make a trip out there with me now? Well, before you commit to taking that trip, listen to the story about a trip I made to Horn Island. My family made a trip about to Horn Island about three years ago. We packed a picnic lunch with plans for a relaxing afternoon on Horn Island. We traveled in our boat. The waves were about a foot high 
and once were from the north. Dad dropped the anchor slowly as the boat came towards the island, as he was going to let us off. Just as the bow touched the sand, everything went wrong. Our anchor went loose due to the high winds, and the boat landed on the beach. And the waves threw our boat onto the island in seconds. Dad told us to stay on the boat, and he jumped onto the island and started pushing on the boat. He realized he couldn't get the boat free and immediately got my mom and brother off the boat, but told me to stay at the helm. My dad is strong, and he was pushing with everything he had. He was barking orders to me as I was trying to use the motor to reverse us off of the island. Mom offered to help, but Dad said no. It is cold out here, and I'm the only one wet. My heart sank. Dad was not the only one wet. The wind had picked up, and the waves were crashing over the gunnel and spraying me. I was soaked. To make it even worse, the floor was wet, and each wave made it harder for me to stand up. Each wave was getting stronger as the wind picked up. I was convinced the boat was going to break apart or flip with me sitting on it. Dad realized the situation I was in and said, get off now. This situation was now very serious. We were stranded eight miles offshore. I thought we were going to have to spend the night out there. Dad and I were wet and it was already cool. I thought our only hope was for someone to see us. This whole process took less than two minutes. Dad, who had been working hard, suddenly appeared calm and confident. Dad then says something astonishing. Well, we're aground. Glad I paid for that Boat U.S. membership. I'll just call a tow. Stunned, I was thinking. Are you kidding me? You had me on that boat getting banged around and drenched, and the whole time you could just call a tow? Mom displayed an unusual amount of confidence. First, she had us sit down and eat our soggy peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Then she took us for a tour of the island while Dad stayed with the boat. My mom was one of those people scared of everything outside. Snakes, mice, and even gators terrify her. Well, all of those live on Horn Island. Where did this sudden courage come from? After this event, my brother and I were a little shaken. Sure, Dad caught a toe, but I was a lot younger back then, and I remember being all alone on that island. Mom was being strong and courageous. As soon as Dad called the toe, Mom took action and made sure we had a good trip. After our tour... The towboat captain arrived, and the whole grounding process went in reverse. We tied a line to the bow of the boat, and, went, and with a good yank, the boat was back in the water, and Horn Island disappeared behind us as we motored back to the house we had rented on the coast. What does this, now, what does this story have to do with the Bible? Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Oh, wait, Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When we were all alone on that island, I didn't think God was with us, but he was. He can even command the seas and the winds to be calm. Second, do something. Some people think God will just take care of us, but that isn't what the Bible teaches. My dad had to call a towboat to get off the island. Mom had to get courageous and overcome her fears to keep us calm. In Chronicles 28.20, we read, David also said to his son Solomon, Be strong and courageous and do the work. God was with Solomon, but Solomon still had to do the work. Remember, regardless of what you are dealing with, God is with you, so you can be strong and courageous. Get to work for God, and you will have no reason to be afraid. Are you stuck on on right now? If so, call God for a tow and get to work. Be strong and of good courage. Joshua 1.6 Be strong and let your heart take courage. Psalms 27, verse 14. Fear not, for I am with you. Isaiah 41, 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Ephesians 6.10. And the list could go on. Literally, hundreds of times throughout the Bible, we find the words, be strong, be of good courage, or fear not. These words must have been so important to Joshua as he was called to lead the Israelites in battle. They must have been invaluable to the young man, David, as he stood to fight the Philistine giant, Goliath, and to Daniel as he was thrown into a den of hungry lions. But how do they apply for me today to you and most of all to other new Christians? Most of us aren't leading troops into battle. I don't know anyone who's been thrown into a lion's den, nor have I ever met someone who has taken a stand against a nine half foot giant, not physically anyway. I have, however, met many people who are facing enormous giants in their lives. Each and every day is a battle for them. For a few minutes today, I would like to talk to you about one of those giants that affects so many in our world today. This giant stalks the streets of our towns and cities, even our small, quiet communities. It creeps its way into our churches, and it is no respecter of persons. It attacks both the young and the old. It doesn't care if its victims are rich or poor, black, white, or brown. Sometimes, without us even realizing it, this giant invades our homes and attacks our families. It takes hold quickly and destroys those that were once physically strong. Like a wolf in sheep's clothing, the giant appears to be harmless for a little while. It makes itself look attractive and fun. Then suddenly, before you know it, the giant takes over every aspect of your life. It helps you make decisions that you wouldn't normally make, and leads you to do things that you would never have done before. The giant takes you to deep, dark places where there seems to be no hope. Those who are overcome by this giant feel lost and alone and feel like there is no way out. What is this giant, you say? It sounds evil and frightening. Nothing I would ever want to meet in a dark alley. How can I avoid it? Or... How can I stand against a giant so strong and so powerful? This giant, as many of you have already guessed, is the overwhelming, all-consuming giant of drug or alcohol addiction. It can come in many forms, prescription, non-prescription, or street drugs. It can be legal or illegal. It doesn't matter. It still affects both the addict's life and the life of those around him, especially his family. We never really know what they are going through. This is brought out clearly in a short po poem written by Joshua T. Dickerson called, Cause I Ain't Got No Pencil. I woke myself up because we ain't got an alarm clock, dug in the dirty clothes basket because ain't nobody washed my uniform, brushed my hair and teeth in the dark cause the lights ain't on, even got my baby sister ready cause my mama wasn't home. Got us both to school on time to eat us a good breakfast. Then, when I got to class, the teacher fussed, because I ain't got no pencil. How sad. The things that this child had to endure, possibly because of a parent's addiction, and no one even realized it. So what should we do to fight this giant called addiction? 
Should we shun those who have fallen victim to its evil? Should we bury our heads in the sand and pretend that it doesn't even exist? Or should we just ignore the fact that addiction is affecting our communities, our schools, our homes, and yes, our churches? Let's let the Bible give our answer. We are told in Matthew 7, verses 12, Therefore, all things whatsoever you want men to do to you, do ye even so to them. And in Galatians 6, 1, Paul instructs, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You see, the Bible makes it pretty clear that we should try to help those who are lost and hopeless as they deal with addiction. We should do our best to show them that God is their hope and their salvation. We should not ignore the problem, but we should remain vigilant to stand against it. As 1 Corinthians 16 through 13, verses 13 says, we should be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. We should give the addict and ourselves hope by letting him know that with God, any evil can be defeated. Romans 8.37 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We should stand together to fight this giant that invades our lives and the lives of those around us. We can be victorious. As we enter the battle together with God by our side, I would like to encourage and strengthen you with the words of Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Be strong and courageous, and do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. And Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know this to be true, because sometimes I had no pencil. I'll be singing on Zion's glorious summit, 227, on Zion's glorious summit. I'll be singing the first and the last verse. On Zion's glorious
When I heard this year theme of be strong and courageous, brave soldiers and their actions came to mind, such as the late Senator John McCain. When John McCain served during the Vietnam War, he was a prisoner of war. After the war ended and he was released, he told this to the stories of Reader's Digest. Toward the end of the war, the Vietnamese guards allowed the prisoners to receive packages that contained clothes. Mike Christian, an Alabama boy who joined the Navy when he was 17, made a needle out of bamboo and sewed, and sewed the red and white cloth to make an American flag on the inside of the blue prisoner's uniform. Every day, they would hang Mike's flag on the wall and recite the Pledge of Allegiance. No other event of that day had as much meaning to them. However, one afternoon, guards discovered this flag and took Mike just outside the cell and beat him severely, puncturing his eardrum and breaking several ribs. When they finished, they dragged him in, bleeding, back into the cell. After they helped him crawl onto his sleeping platforms, they tried to fall asleep, which was hard because the room was always lit with four light bulbs. Just as John McCain was going to sleep, he saw Mike Christian, who had crawled under one of the lights with his eyes nearly swollen shut from the beating, he picked up the bamboo needle and began to sew a new flag. Mike Christian had an undying faith and courage for his country. Although he had faced many obstacles and was even tortured, it did not destroy his courage, but made it stronger to stand up for what he believed in. In the end, Mike's tremendous courage for his country proved to be a victory. Just as Mike had great courage, we must be workers who courageously dedicate our lives to God if we are to receive the victory in heaven. Just like courageous soldiers, to be strong, courageous follower of God, we must be prepared for the battle with Satan on a daily basis. During the Civil War, many troops lacked proper equipment for the battle. Besides being without full uniforms, many did without shoes and ammunition. However, they, they courageously fought for what they believed in, such as A.P. Hubbard of South Carolina. During the battle, he would have surely died if not for the pocket-sized New Testament, which stopped a bullet. Yes, a pocket-sized New Testament actually stopped a bullet. This was the first of many Bibles that literally saved the lives of soldiers because they carried God's word with them in battle. As we are courageously faced the devil, we don't need our Bibles to stop bullets, but we must be completely prepared for the battle with the devil. Ephesians 6.11 tells us, Put on your whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And Ephesians 6.13 tells us, Take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. We are definitely living in an evil day. With sinful lifestyles being encouraged, therefore we must courageously stand for God by girding on our loins with truth, wearing the breastplate of righteousness, shodding your feet with the preparation of gospel, and taking the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of spirit. If we study the word of God and have it all in our hearts, we'll be strong and have the courage to face the devil's attacks. If we are truly to have strength and courage to stand against evil and obey God, we must be willing to take God's side when others do not. During World War II, Audie Murphy advanced from cook to second lieutenant because of his actions. In one battle after his men had retreated, instead of following them, he jumped in an abandoned German tank and radioed in for artillery to hit his own position. In other words, he was willing to die for his country, and his actions broke the attack. Because of his courage, he was, was most decorated U.S. soldier with 37 medals. As Christians, we must be strong and have the courage to obey God and act on his commandments, even when others don't. In Numbers 13, 
it tells of how Moses sent 12 men to explore the promised land. When they returned, 10 of the men reported that the land flowed with milk and honey, but the people of the cities were too powerful to overtake. Only Joshua and Caleb had strength and courage to stand for God against others. In Numbers 14, they told the Israelites, Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their production is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. These two men were the only ones courageous enough to stand for what was right. As a result, God only allowed Joseph and Caleb and those under 20 years of age to enter the promised land 40 years later. Christians will be rewarded for having enough courage to obey God, even when it seems no one else is. Finally, if we are true Christians, God will give us the strength and the courage to overcome obstacles in our lives. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, many Japanese Americans were ordered to interpret camps. Yet some Japanese Americans showed great courage and loyalty by fighting for their country in their own 100th Battalion. Even though they were, dis they were disrespected at first, they had enormous courage and repeatedly risked their lives to save regiments and suffered tremendous casualties. For their bravery, they were called the Purple Heart Battalion because they only averaged 4,500 men over three years of combat. But they received 9,486 Purple Hearts 18,142 decorations for bravery, the most in U.S. history. As Christians, we are commanded in 2 Corinthians 16, 13, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like the men, be strong. An example of overcoming obstacles would be Job. In the course of one day, Job loses his livestock, servants, and ten children due to invaders and natural disasters. Job tears his clothes and shaves his head, but still blesses God in prayer. Then Job is afflicted with boils over his entire body. His wife tells him to curse God and die, and his friends tell Job that he has done some evil sin to cause this to happen. Yet through all these obstacles, Job courageously refuses to turn his back on God and is rewarded as much life, twice as much livestock and ten more children. Throughout our lives, we will face obstacles from the devil. But if we are courageous like Job and continue to worship God, he will give us the strength to make it through our toughest times. Now, we may not be cooks turned into famous soldiers, and we may not actually have to dodge bullets or show great acts of bravery. Yet when it comes to being a Christian, we can all show our strength and courage by being prepared and standing for God when others don't, or when we must face obstacles. I realize, realize that we're a little late here, 6.20, but isn't the church in good hands for the future? If you're a young man, would you please stand up? Come up front, please. Y'all line the front, front up here for me if you don't mind. I'm going to be honest with you. I am, I do realize like I, it's hard for young children to sit still for as long as we've asked them to tonight. I get that. But I am so thankful for the guys that are sitting and standing in front of me. Would you give them a round of applause, please? For uh, Stephen, thanks for leading our speech. Jeremy, thanks for Ken. Thank you all for leading song, leading force, and doing so much to help these young men. And then for the parents, thank you so very much for raising awesome young people. All right, you are dismissed. Thank you. Hey, no, time out. Let me say a prayer. We need to, we need to thank God for tonight.
Bow your heads, please. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's, let's bow your heads. God, we want to thank you so much for tonight. We want to thank you for just blessing us, for being here, for the young men that, that love you and the young ladies that love you and, and did their presentations because they want to grow up to be leaders in the church and to hone their skills so they can glorify you. And we pray that's what each one of them did tonight, and we're so thankful for that. And, and so we just want to give you all the glory as we close and we leave this place now. And it's in Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed.